Arden, Arden. Hello. Do you hear that sound? I do. This is the sound that plays every year about this time, isn't it? What a coincidence, eh? Wait, that can only mean one thing. It is time for the third annual holiday spectacular. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode number 92, New Year's Rituals. It is great to gather around the hearth with you all. Uh, Eleanor here is by our side. Our cat. Our cat. Here we go. Wow. Here, here we are once more, dear uh, wife and lover of mine, Artie Nordstrom, PhD. PhD. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty huge deal. I mean, people have other uh, acronyms for PhD that aren't quite as generous. Oh, yeah. Piled higher and deeper. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the one that always comes to mind. But I love it. I'm very excited that that is the thing now. And it's over. Which we'll talk about. Because... We will. We're going to talk a little bit about a New Year's ritual. Yeah. So, first of all, we, we should get this out of the way. Do you make resolutions? No. No? Oh, Okay. That's actually not entirely honest or not. It's honest. It's just not entirely accurate. This is the quickest lie and uh, (laughs) turnaround I've ever seen. It's not a lie. It's just that I think I tried to set like seasonal goals. Hmm. Like every few months I have like what I want to accomplish or work towards in the next few months. Yeah. And I guess you could kind of qualify that as a New Year's resolution because I've also, because I've been in school and now I'm a professor, I think very term based. Where Interesting. It, I think in this semester I want to accomplish this, and I always mm-hmm. have like a sticky note of the priorities for each term. It's interesting to work. how the different calendars we have like weigh us to to think about things in different time frames. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think of it as a very project based thing. So mm-hmm. if if I'm you know shipping a book or something, that is a season for me. Oh, and then there's the slower season after the book comes out. Mm-hmm. For you, it's the academic year, but I feel for a lot of people, it just happens to be New Year's. Yeah, we have our nine to five jobs. We uh, and the the seasons of our work and our life kind of change depending on the circumstances that we have. Yeah, and bringing it back to why I say I kind of set New Year's resolutions. The term calendar happens to re yeah. restart on January first, where I have a new semester. So. I do always set kind of intentions or goals for the upcoming term. Yeah. But that's not necessarily, I wouldn't, in my head, I don't classify this as a New Year's resolution because New Year's resolutions always feel like very out, almost like out of reach or kind of arbitrary where it's like on some date, you're just going to change something about your life. And we've talked <laughs> about this before where for a goal to really be tangible or or maybe more realistic, it has to be positioned in your life in a way that like where there's change or motivation for change and a calendar doesn't always have that well motivation is precisely the thing you know so many of us and i've fallen into this trap myself in the past uh, where i've expected my motivation to be as high as it is on new year's all year round uh, so, especially after indulging over Christmas, uh, usually, especially after the taking a step back over Christmas, and that natural mar- markation line in the sand that happens to be January 1st, I've always found that my motivation peaked 
at around New Year's, and then it suddenly plummets after we settle back into our routines. But it's it's kind of, you know, I've always found it worthwhile to have a ritual to propel me into the the year that is to come, uh, to kind of serve as propellant instead of making a resolution, but reflecting on the year that has passed. Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with the mentioning that you have some time. I mean, the holidays are typically a time where if you are still working, things might be a little bit slower or maybe you have the entire time off. I mean, it is just a kind of a natural lull in how busy people are. Yeah. And that automatically allows you more time to like think and reflect, which is a really good opportunity to figure out what you might want to do differently or things you want to keep doing really well or Whatever. Set a goal, I guess. It's a good time to reflect on what you want to set a goal for. Precisely. And and this ritual, uh, I'm looking at the article that I wrote about it back in, oh, December 29, 2020, after a, a particularly eventful year in this case. But there's essentially three main things that you go through in this holiday slash New Year's ritual. And it accomplishes a, a few different goals. It lets you review the year that has just passed. We so often move on from our accomplishments very quickly. Uh, we get something done and we don't pat ourselves on the back quite enough because we're moving on to the next thing. So reflecting on the accomplishments that we've had is the first step. The second step is to set a few intentions for the year ahead. Uh, I like to do three. I know you like to be a bit more flexible than my my regimented self. And uh, <laughs> the third step is a gratitude ritual, which can propel us into the year that is to come. I love it. All right. So accomplishments list. Well, I I, I don't think I know anybody and I would actually credit the podcast with this. Um, <laughs> I don't think I know anyone that has an accomplishments list as uh, wide and as, with as much depth as the one you have from this year. I mean, that's a little exaggerated. I'm sure somebody out there... I mean, people win like Nobel Prizes. Those yeah. are an oh, obvious I, I example so. of way bigger accomplishments. Maybe uh, Elon Musk? No, oh, I don't think no. so. Probably not. <laughs> anyway... Yeah, this was a huge year for me. Anybody who listens to the podcast knows that I finished my PhD this year, which was very exciting. The sixth year in the making. I mean, ultimately much longer than that, actually, if we think about all the other years of school that went into it, but a six-year PhD. Wait, how many years of school have you had at at this point? I was in school for 24 years That's in total. That's a lot of years. It is a lot of years. That includes elementary yeah. High school and how many years of university? Twelve. Twelve. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's that's a lot. It oh, was anyway. a lot. Anyway, so sorry. I'm very happy. That's all done. But I finished my PhD, which is a huge, a huge thing. Um, so I'm very, I'm very proud of accomplishing or that particular accomplishment. Yeah. But at the same time, and I mean, these things are related. I also started my absolute dream job. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got an academic job. But my at an institution that I'm just so thrilled to be at. So at an I'm, institution? At a university, whatever, wow, a school. Wow, Sp- Speaking like a, a true economist over there. <laughs> yeah. Or an academic. Or an academic, I suppose. But I'm, yeah. I just say I'm so, so delighted <laughs> by what I get to do every single day. And yeah. I just feel very privileged to even have this opportunity. So, yeah. I mean, I'm very, very grateful for that as well. As, and I mean, that was, I, I list this as an accomplishment because it's kind of, going through the academic job market was insane and being able to finish that in such a one in a way that I'm really proud of. I'm yeah. very excited about that. 
Um, and then I guess on a more micro level, yeah. I'm really happy with the balance I've been able to find with teaching and research in my first term. Mm. This is something I know a lot of people like very openly recognize and warn people about when yeah. they start out as an academic, that the first term is really hard and that... I mean, I've, a couple of people told me like, don't even try to get research done in your first term because it's just so much oh, wow. to, to juggle and adjust to. And I managed to get like two grants and a paper revision and all sorts of other work related to my research. And I'm starting data collection for a new project. I managed to get quite a lot done with my research while at the same time, I think dedicating quite a lot of good time to teaching and getting really good feedback on that. So I'm, yeah. I'm really, really jazzed about being yeah. able to find such a good balance pretty early on, uh, at least so far. I'm really happy with I'm, how that's gone. I am jazzed for you. Thank it, you. It, is, it has been so fun to, to watch you do all this stuff. And uh, I will say that, you know, Arden sounds excited about her achievements this particular year, but she is equally excited <laughs> at the end of other years too yeah. for for small and, and I think that's kind of the the key with this ritual and reflecting on accomplishments list um you know make a list at the end of the year 15 20 things that you accomplished yeah um look through your calendar look through your uh, the the calendar actually brings forward quite a few of them mm-hmm. but if you have a log of your to-dos for the year it, what whatever log you have from your work because we so quickly gloss over all the milestones that we hit and all the accomplishments that we achieve and that pat on your back i, I think you know the way you you approach this ritual is uh, is so inspiring in this way where we need to we we need to kind of pat ourselves on the back and recognize ourselves for what we did. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Do yeah. you have any? Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is also a big I, I, this is a big year for you too. <laughs> I, I won't go through all 20. I'll I'll do a, a summation as you did. I have, you know, a few things on my list here. Writing a book, uh finishing mm-hmm. my my third book called How to Calm Your Mind. Super excited to get that out into the world. We'll Woo-hoo. we'll make the next podcast about it. We'll chat about the book. Um, and just our experiences with the ideas inside of it. It's called How to Calm Your Mind. Again, last plug of the episode, I promise, in in the season of of Christmas. uh, We have to limit our plugs. But I think following a lot of the ideas that I've encountered in this journey to calm, I I am just super grateful for, maybe I'm jumping ahead in the ritual, but uh, (laughs) super grateful that uh, you know, one accomplishment I think is developing more of an ability to enjoy my life and setting up the circumstances in which to do so. And also, we, we've talked a lot about values over the course of this year. And I think that's something we'll continue to pursue in the year ahead and getting more in touch with what I value and making sure my days are aligned to what I value more deeply. Uh, that, that's been an, something I consider to be an accomplishment. And there are the ones that, you know, are accomplishments by traditional measures of success. But in terms of uh, a difference in how I feel and how I relate to my life, uh, those mm. feel like the greatest accomplishments of all. Just being able to enjoy things even more. Yeah, I like that. So that is the first idea in this New Year's ritual, uh, create an accomplishments list. Mm-hmm. Second is a ritual to look to the year ahead and define what we want to get done. I guess this would be the part that most closely resembles a New Year's resolution. Oh, yes, that R word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so I'm actually not even going to pretend I'll set one for a year because, mm-hmm. I again, I really think semester to semester. And when I was... 
when I had a better handle of what my years would look like when I was in my PhD or in school and, and knew what an academic year as a student looked like, it was easier to set what I wanted to do that year. Like if I yeah. wanted to finish a chapter of my dissertation in a particular year. That was easier, I think, than it is for me now, where I'm still kind of getting my footing of what it means to be a, an academic that's no longer a student. And so I'm really going to focus on just semester goals. And I mean, I'm really also mostly talking about work because that's really what's on the forefront of my mind right now, but yeah. where I really want to focus my kind of goal energy, I guess. Goal? <laughs> big big goal energy. I don't know yeah. what to call that. Motivation? <laughs> I'm not sure. There must be a word. But all that to say, I'm really focusing on, at least in this discussion, on the work stuff. Yeah. And this semester I have, I'm teaching a bit more, but I finished some grant stuff early, so I didn't have to think about it next term. Um, and then there are two papers that I also want to submit. Like I have very specific papers that I want to get out this term nice, um, or this upcoming term. And so I guess that would be my resolution is to get those off of my desk <laughs> and into the hand of some journal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's my goal for this semester. Nice. And I have a couple of like conference presentations I need to get ready for. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of keeping things regimented in this regard, as we've talked about about on the podcast, mm -hmm. for setting goals for the year ahead. Um, I, I like to do three. You know, I, I love the number three. I find it easy to internalize and remember the things. Uh, we think in threes, too. So we chunk the world together into threes. We have sayings like, good things come in threes, and the third time is the charm, and celebrities die in threes. But we have a lot of things that involve uh, the number three. And so I, I find I remember the goals more. Mm -hmm. I internalize them more. And because I can only pick three, I have to choose what is most essential for the year ahead. We've talked a little bit on the podcast how we have these kind of running lists of projects and goals. I like to keep my three uh, work-related goals at the top of my projects list for, mm. uh, for that work context of my life. And my three for this year, you know, number one, definitely launch Calm, How to Calm Your Mind. Oh, I promise no more plugs. That's okay. Shame I can me. plug it. Okay. It's you, great. You can, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, number one is to launch that book into the world. Number two is to develop a, a, a great talk that communicates the messages that I tried to communicate in the book. And number three is to continue on that journey and to constantly realign myself and my work around uh, those intentions. And so those are my three for that work-related context, but I, I find that they're a continuation of my previous goals with a bit of a, a refresh behind them. Do you have any specifically <clears throat> less work-related goals? Yeah, let me pull them up here. Why don't you... Uh, it's so funny. I mean, yeah. you he does actually... So for listeners, he really does have all these notes, which for me still seems baffling because I do not have all these structured notes. But I do have a list... I do have like a list on my desk, both yeah. desks, because I have an office here at home and an office at work. And on both, I have a post-it note that says what my my like focus goals are for nice. this particular semester. And one of them is always teaching, but then there's always like the couple of projects that I'm prioritizing in a given term. And I'm going to do that again next term. It was also so satisfying to cross a whole bunch of those off this term. Huh. Very happy about that. Do you, do you want to hear my personal ones? I do. Okay. Sorry. Don't, yes, don't now that at, you have your Don't note. look at the screen. Don't look at oh. the screen. I, I want to see your reaction. <laughs> okay. Uh, number one is don't consume digital news. Return to huh. physical with the news. That's an ongoing goal. All right. Number two is to... Okay. You might laugh at this one. Uh, form brighter lines around dopaminergic super stimuli. 
nerd. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so super stimuli are these highly processed, exaggerated versions of things that we're biologically wired to enjoy. So hmm. Uber Eats is food on steroids. Uh, oh, so are you going to cut out takeout? I, I'm considering it. Yeah, wow. So definitely considering it, but mostly digital, uh, the digital oh. dopaminergic. The, I mean, Uber the, Eats is digital. Hate to tell you. Oh, why do you have to put it that way? Okay, number three. Uh, is to meditate for 30 or more minutes every day. For the whole year? Which is necessary for life and for work for the for the year. Wow. So those are my uh, personal intentions. Thoughts? They feel reviews, a bit more uh, New Year's resolution-esque. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, they do... I set these a month or two ago. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I'm very curious to see how your no takeout year yeah. is going to go. That seems like a big ask yeah. well, for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mostly digital. Again, mostly digital. Uh, super stimuli. But uh, I think this is kind of a, a, a skill that we can all develop is when we have these three things or however many things you want to keep pushing ahead at all times that you review on a weekly basis, uh, you can over time develop an awareness and an understanding of your capacity for development at any one mm. time, uh, whether that's developing yourself personally or in a work context. Uh, and so I've kind of zeroed in on the scope of the goals that I can achieve at any given time, given reviewing them every week, given internalizing them through the rule of three. And that, that you know, the ones I mentioned are kind of my capacity for change at any time, if that makes sense. Cool. Yeah. I love it. So uh, maybe a ritual you want to consider past New Year's, you know, why only, um, why only set three at New Year's? Uh, keep doing so. Revise them every week. So three goals for the year ahead. That is the second part mm -hmm. of the ritual in this uh, year's holiday spectacular. The third one is a topic we talk a lot uh, on on the podcast is gratitude. And I know some people out there might be rolling their eyes uh, because I, when we publish an episode on gratitude, those get fewer listens than the mm -hmm. other episodes. It, it's the kind of tactical productivity stuff that you all come here for, obviously, uh, that, that gets the most resonance. But gratitude can actually propel us forward. And by looking at our life now, at our world right now, as well as in the past, uh, we can really find the energy to look out for the positive in, in the year ahead. And even thinking about gratitude, I know you kind of mentioned people come here for the more practical productivity mm. stuff, but I actually don't think gratitude doesn't I okay not I'll avoid a double negative I actually think gratitude falls very much in the kind of practical productivity advice because I think practicing stepping back and thinking of what about what you could be grateful for that makes you very aware of the systems that are around you or the things that contribute to what makes you happy or what makes you productive I mean I look at my accomplishments list and they're or sorry my gratitude list and they're all things that are entirely necessary for the things that I'm ultimately really proud of accomplishing. Mm. Like I wouldn't have been able to say finish my PhD without the support of you and, and, and my podcast. supervisor, yeah. <laughs> sure, the podcast. But I mean, I had an amazing support system. And so what I'm really grateful for is this huge, amazing support network I have around me um, and all the opportunities that allowed me to get there. So I think thinking of your gratitude list as something that isn't necessarily productive I think that's a bit of a, 
it's oversimplifying it because I do think there is a relationship between being grateful and being more mindful of what is around oh, you. Oh, a hundred percent. And Sean Acor, uh, author Sean Acor has actually done a lot of research mm-hmm. in this regard. Uh, he's a positive psychology researcher, uh, Harvard trained, wrote, wrote a great book called The Happiness Advantage. And he, he's found in his own research that those who are in a positive uh, state are 31% more productive than people who are in a negative or a neutral state. Uh, Because we look out for more positives around us. We see more opportunities around us. Sometimes our work trains us into these negative thought patterns where we look out for threats and put out fires all day long. Mm -hmm. Uh, We actually kind of open our eyes to opportunity and the good around. You know, we experience on average, the research shows three positive events for each negative event that we experience, but we have this negativity bias in our mind that can actively not only work against how happy we are, but how productive we are, given how happiness energizes us and Sean's research uh, makes us more productive. And so I know a lot of people look past rituals like gratitude, but there really is that science behind it. And there are these positive changes that occur when we do things like practice gratitude. And meditation, for that matter, falls into this category. But that's a whole other can of worms <laughs> of things that help us, but we don't always want to recognize that they do. Nice. Yeah. So do you want to talk about what you're grateful for? Yeah, I, don't even, I didn't even list them in the, in the show notes because there's, it's so easy to find. And this is the, the thing with gratitude is the more you practice it, the better you get at actually being grateful for the things around you. So looking at you, kid, over there, uh, I'm grateful for you, Arden. I am grateful for the pod, for you listening to the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, our nerdy ramblings about productivity. I am grateful to be in Ottawa, that you have mm-hmm. brought us back through through your work, because I can do mine from wherever, back mm-hmm. to Ottawa. Uh, I'm grateful for the nice house we live and I am especially grateful for the little ball of fur to my <laughs> left. Her name is Eleanor. Uh, she is named after Eleanor Ostrom, the, the first female Nobel laureate in economics. And oh, yeah. she is the, um, the greatest cat in the entire world. Come at me, cat people. But uh, I'm is, grateful for her too. She is actually pretty great. And yeah. I am, for the record, 0% a cat person. Yeah. I have been allergic to cats my whole life. And honestly, every cat I've ever met is like pretty unpleasant. They're or kind, kind of, of jerks sometimes. Ornery. That's the word that comes or, to oh, mind. Oh, that with is a cats. great word for cats. She's very ornery. And yeah. this one isn't. She plays fetch. She's so weird, but yeah. she's great. So I think All that's a really wonderful grat- gratitude list. Yeah. And I think I have a lot of the same ones. So, I mean, I think the gratitude thing is also something we both do. Yeah. I mean, we do the three grateful things uh, every, most evenings. Every night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty um, much every night. Pretty much every yeah. night. Yeah, now that I think about it. I say in interviews, we do it every night, but that's most nights. I mean, it's almost every single night. So all that to say, I mean, this is, it was very easy to come up with things that I'm really grateful for this year, which is pretty cool. What what a great, uh, you know, what a great thing. I know. I'm so lucky. In this holiday spectacular season. And I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm bragging or something. I just, I mean, if we're talking about about things I'm grateful for, I am very, very grateful for pretty much everybody in my life right now. Yeah. I love it. Me too. Yeah. What about oh, Ele- and Eleanor? Uh, Eleanor. <laughs> I was actually just about to say, I'm also grateful that she's not <laughs> making me sick. Yeah. Three years of allergy shots and finding a hypoallergenic cat Oof. and doing all of the behavioral yeah. things that we're doing, like washing her all the time and, and 
giving yeah. her special food. Man, I'm not sick. And that is so amazing. Oh, I'm yeah. grateful for that too. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I couldn't help but notice the that you didn't mention the podcast. Oh, I'm also grateful. Of, yes. It's wow. been it's been cool. Wow. We've been getting wow. really nice feedback and I think it is a fun thing I get to do. I'm very grateful I get to do this with you. Well, something we do together. Yeah. As we've established a few episodes ago, whether you want to admit it or not, you are a co-host of this show. Begrudging co-host. Yes. It's your thing. I'm just happy to be <laughs> tagging along. <laughs> I do most of the work. I know. That's why it's like really not, I am not a co-host. I just well, share airtime. I see you as a co-host. <laughs> but wait, do you hear, do you hear that? Ooh, what could that possibly Wait, be? Snow uh, started to <laughs> fall all around us. What's that? Is that a present in the corner? I didn't see a present in the corner before. Did that just appear there? <laughs> yeah, I think so, love. Wow. Well, that has been our third annual holiday spectacular. We are grateful for you, everybody. Mm-hmm. Incredibly grateful. And oh, it's just so beautiful. This place turned into this winter wonderland. Amazing what a little jingle bells will do. How are we going to clean up all this snow inside? That's a problem for 2023. Actually, well, it's going to cause flooding. But anyway, it's pro- it will probably uh, uh, disappear as quick as it came with the appearance of this music. We are grateful for you, everybody. Time and attention.fm is where you can find the corresponding articles for these here episodes. We hope you have a wonderful holiday and an even better new year. And we will talk to you on the other side. Oh, and don't forget to pre-order the book. Oh, (laughs) one more plug. (laughs) How to Calm Your Mind. It's spectacular. Happy holidays. Bye, everybody.